back to Edgework here on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Today is Friday, April 21st, the final day of this week for our Edgework shows, uh, wrapping up what was the first week of the NHL playoffs. Some pretty exciting stuff. There's been a ton of storylines, a bunch of back and forths within each of the series, so we'll recap some of the games last night we will prep you with games tonight give our best bets as well as look ahead to saturday's games based on the fact that we won't have a show tomorrow so we'll give a little bit of a lean lead into some of those and give you guys some insights and what we think will happen in game three of each of those series but uh moretto is there anything that stood out to you from last night that was like a big thing that you wanted to get into here today like a I was interested because obviously I was, I was telling you I was watching the Leafs game, so I didn't see much of what happened in the Devils-Rangers game, but Rangers jump up 2 nothing series lead. You win both games 5-1 to one there. I, I know Todd's in the chat, so... Yeah, to, maybe you should tune out for like three minutes, <laughs> just come back soon. <laughs> Not trying to throw a dagger in Todd, but uh, I, what, what's going on with the Devils? What happened? Why are they down two games and losing both 5-1? to one? Yeah, like I, I kind of raised these concerns in the series preview, just like the intangible stuff, um, right? You got the experience and, you know, the size and the, the grit factor and all that sort of stuff that people love to, uh, to, to, you know, push aside and say it doesn't really matter. But like the truth is, it does matter. Um, yeah. This was a business trip for the Rangers. Like they came in, it was as easy as could be. It was very, you know, very professional uh, performances from them. The Devils just like, they look like they are a team that has no clue how to play playoff hockey right? Like things tighten up a little bit. You need to work harder for your chances. Um, Got to get into those greasy areas, force your way into the slot, fight for your space. Like they've just been completely unprepared to do so. The Rangers have showed that commitment to playing a good structured defensive game. They've been, I mean, they've even been out playing the devils at five on five generating more offense, which is like, that's one thing I didn't expect. Like I was worried about the devils, but like, I wasn't like, I mean, they're going to have their chances. It was more like the Rangers are going to win the series, you know, power play will be lights out, which it has been. And then, um, and then Chesurkin will, you know, do enough it on his, you know, his side of things to like take care of it. And yeah, I mean, it hasn't been like that at all. It's been just completely one way traffic. Um, I'd be shocked. I'm not shocked, but like I would be surprised if this didn't end in four. Honestly, at this point, like I've just seen absolutely nothing from them. I don't see them going into MSG and like and troubling the Rangers whatsoever. Um, man, like Dougie Hamilton, I don't know. Like that's I'm like just baffled by him. The guy was a dash four last night. He looked brutal. Um, he's not setting an example for these younger guys. There's no leadership there. Like I, there's a reason he's been on four teams in his career already. Right. Yeah. Like you don't just let, say. yeah. Like you don't just let good players go very often. Like it happens. It's not always a comment on the player, but like for three organizations are ready to sort of let him walk or let him leave. Um, that's kind of a, I mean, you know, that's not nothing. Like there, there's, there's something to that. Uh, that stuff matters. Right. And I think you're kind of seeing that here in the first round. Like, your most experienced yeah. defenseman, your highest paid player, and like this is the return you're getting. I don't know. It's just it's just not enough. Yeah. I, well, I have some thoughts too, and uh, just on maybe on the playoffs in general. I, I, again, like I didn't get to see that game very much. Watch some of the highlights. So, uh, not going to try to just speak on what happened there. But uh, is Jordan Mosa asking? Is Rob still putting? No, but returning from the putting. So thank you to everyone who tuned in there. He's yesterday. mentally recovering. Yes. Um, Moretto, uh has anyone told you that you and Austin Matthews oh are like? <laughs> yes, I've had that before, and it drives drives me insane. There's, I've got some friends who know how to really push my buttons, and that's kind of where, where they go to. 
Um, okay, the thoughts that I want to get to here, and then we can kind of transition from that Devils game a little bit into the Leafs game here. Um, Todd bringing up, officials tossing everyone in the Devils game and preventing yeah. us from seeing fights. This seems to be a theme to me in like the Eastern Conference in general, because I see it in the Leafs game last night too, and... It's mind-boggling to see this happen because one on one hand we sit there and we talk about hey in the playoffs you got to be tough you got to be strong you got to be heavy you got to be willing to fight and get in scrums and be physical and then it's like through the first four games in the Western Conference we've pretty much seen that it's been like a bloodbath out there in some of the games and some of the series and then you go to like Toronto New Jersey uh, I've seen it in those two particularly where it's like anytime there's any type of animosity gone <laughs> it's yeah. like what are we doing it's playoff hockey like let the kids play what happened last night because i looked at some of the i looked back at what happened because i saw you and todd tweeting about it but this isn't this isn't playoff hockey why are we no. kicking guys out like with just a little jersey grab in front of the net it wasn't even that it was like a little like i think it was a delayed offside or it was an offside or something like that and then like meyer like just throws a little slash like nothing even happened. Like you could tell, like he wanted to like go over and like maybe start a little something, a little scrum, but like nothing even ended yeah. up getting started. Fox came in, like nothing happened. They do the refs were in there so quick to separate it. And I was like, okay, well, like they defuse this one, but like, it's going to start heating up. Like we'll get some, you know, some fireworks and like, at least the devils are going to go down swinging here. Like I missed the, you know, it's what the good old days where you're losing big at home. Like you're going to go and send a message late in the game. Right. And maybe that's like, so, you know, old school mentality, but like, Again, I think that stuff's important and, you know, over the course of a series. Anyway, so he, he goes in and nothing happens. The refs are, like, so quick to separate it. And then they toss him. Like, they're gone. Nothing even yeah. happened. <laughs> I, could, I was like, what? What's going on here? It was insane. I, I I honestly, I've never seen anything like that. At least the Leafs game, like, you got your scrums. You got your fights. Like, yeah. They're throwing guys out for, like, you know, not necessarily fighting. But, like, you get, like, your animosity after the whistles. This was like they were in there to separate it and defuse the situation before it could escalate and still tossing them. It was insane. Yeah. Well, it's the one thing I continue to stress. I, I say it all the time on my other show that I have, and I talk about it all the time. People will come in. If they're from other teams, they're like, oh, like it's because you're a Leafs fan. You're mad at the refs. I'm like, no, like I don't care. Like I will I will honestly, and I think you know, like I'm never yeah. going to blame the refs in situations. I just hate NHL refereeing as like a fan of hockey. Like I just can't stand it. I'm watching all this stuff happen. I watch Fox in that one get the penalty for going and grabbing the guy. I watch even like last night, Sergachev comes in and like cross checks Lafferty in the hip after the whistle with like three minutes left and they kick him out. I'm like, what are we oh, doing? I Why? I wasn't watching the end of that game. I had the Devils game yeah. on at that point. I think the uh, and the Avs game was on. But I'm just watching this stuff. I'm like, Why? Why? Like, I I want ho like I want playoff hockey, and I see this stuff going on. And it's just like. It drives me nuts, and there's just so there's no like consistency with it either because yeah, that's Fox the thing that drives me insane. Go in there and do that, and then the next shift, a guy could go in and like punch someone in the back of the head, and then there's no penalty, and it's like, okay, well, I don't care if you don't call that one a penalty, but why'd you call the other one? I just like I just need consistency. That's yeah, the inc the inconsistency is brutal. Like from one yeah. from one game to a next, from one series to a next, there's just like there's no standard Nothing. of officiating that yeah. that you can apply here. It's just like you never know what's gonna happen, which is. Yeah, it makes betting this game fun too. Like one, oh, yeah. one, one game, you're getting like every like little stick infraction called. You got like twelve power plays, and then you, and then the next one, you've got like you know two or three. It's like, and they're letting everything go. There's just, yeah, it's 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 pretty brutal. 
Well, I want to ask you quickly because I don't I I've really struggled to like want to give opinions on it because I feel like people are going to jump down my throat cuz I am come like a Leafs fan on this. Should Nosek not have gotten something for that hit on Mark Stahl? Did you see the elbow that he had the other in that last game where he jumped across and like blindside elbowed him after the puck was gone? Um I did. That was the puck was it was it was a bit of a different play in my opinion. It wasn't like people are comparing it to the same. bunting one, right? People are comparing no, it to it the bunting one. Yeah, that's yeah, the one that was like happened in the corner. I saw like yeah, I saw the clip of it on uh, on Twitter. Um, yeah, like a fine, maybe like a fine. No if you if, if that would make you feel better, maybe a fine. Like I guess yeah, I don't know. Like I'm not saying you know you're upset like about it because the leave yeah, situation, yeah. but yeah, but like I, that's not a suspendable. Uh, infraction in my opinion like i'm not you're not suspending the guy for that like the puck was there it was i don't know i, I don't hate that did you see the uh the hot mic situation after with tichuk and uh and um yeah. lomberg and nosek yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> can't really Literally, say much about it but yeah, if you want to yeah. watch it you can <laughs> yeah uh, yeah but uh uh in terms of like that leafs game last night Jeremy Cohen saying great performance by So Money last night, leading the Leafs to victory. Yeah, I appreciate So Money. Uh, you know, I, I said last night we needed a leader in that game, whether it be a quiet leader like John Tavares on the ace or a quiet leader like So Money off the ace. Didn't matter. We needed a leader to help the Leafs win that game last night. Look, I don't have much thoughts on it. The only thing I will say to you is I kind of feel the same as after Monday, but almost the inverse where it's like, 7-2 does not matter. 7-2, 10-2, 22-2-1 2-1. doesn't matter. The series is 1-1. That's it. Now go figure out if you can win a five-game five, five game series. That's. I don't know. If you're if you're on Twitter last night, I think the series is done again. Just like it was coming into the series. The Leafs had already, like, no one's given the Lightning a chance. Game one happens. Leafs are completely done now. And no then... Hedman, no Chernak. Like, yeah, I mean, look, the Lightning, like, you need to win a it was, it was important. Yeah, it was an important win for the Leafs. You know, like seven, seven, two, two, one, like you said, doesn't really matter, but it was a very important win for them. Obviously Tampa came to Toronto and accomplished what they wanted. I'm not saying they, 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 I'm not saying they laid down and last night and just gave the game away. Cause it's obviously not at all what happened. Um, they wanted to come in there. And <laughs> so <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. Hey, maybe it is. Um, but they came in there last night. Like they, they wanted to win the game. Obviously you want to go up to nothing, but like, by winning game one, you have the luxury of not rushing Cernak back, who had been battling stuff even before the series. So you have the, ru- the luxury of not having to play Hedman. So, like, you're kind of in a position where, okay, like, I think it was the same with the Wild in game two, where, like, you don't see Hartman playing. You see Gustafson getting the rest after two overtimes. It was, like, questionable decisions. People are down their throats. But it's like, look, like, yeah. you have to understand, like, this is a long series. It's not a series you're going to win in game two. So, you know, even if you go up to nothing, it's not a series you're going to win in game two, especially if you're like, you know, hurting the long term health of your your two of your top defensemen. So, yeah, I mean, you have you have the ability to set those guys out. That's what they did. Um, would they have liked to win? Of course. Obviously, they didn't. I think they're going back home and they're pretty happy about uh, about getting the split in Toronto. And um, I mean, kind of a poke the bear situation too. like that third period. That's the thing that to me is the big difference between these two teams where you see like Tampa and how they came out in that third period last night and we're like all right like this game's done we're gonna take runs at guys you know we're gonna start shit after every whistle you know we're gonna forecheck our asses off hit the d every time we get a chance whereas like the lightning were down to 4d in game one in the third period with uh headman and chernak out and like there's no forecheck like how are you not like going three guys deep and just running guys every not even running them but at least like just hitting them every chance you get 
they have like all day with the puck. Like, I mean, Perbix, you know, is like coasting out of his zone to hit Colton for that pass. It was just the approach in that third period just like speaks to how different these two teams are. And I don't know, like, I, I still think that nothing I've seen in the first two games suggests to me that this is any different than last year. Um, looks like it's just going to be another coin flip series with, you know, lightning having Vasilevsky and like, that's so, I don't know. We'll see what happens. No, I agree. Um, I will say at least, and you want to talk about participation trophies, I'm about to give one. At least last night, the Leafs responded when yes. Tampa did that to them. Like, they didn't, like, turtle like we've seen completely in years past. Now, that's not to say the makeup of the team as a whole or over seven games is different. I, I actually more lean towards what you're saying in terms of it doesn't look too much different. But, like, at least in the third period, they were like, okay, we'll fight. Like, Justin Hall got his wheels beaten off by Corey Perry, which was pathetic. But, like, he fought at least, you know? Yeah. Like, they were yeah. in there. They they mixed it up. They responded that way. So I was like, okay, thank God that happened. But even from game one, I agree with you in that perspective. I was like, hey, somebody, like, hit somebody. Please do something. But, yeah. yeah no, the Leafs, the Leafs showed a lot, for sure, in the third period. Like, they did. They answered yeah. the bell every time they needed to, Um, they, you know, which was great to see. I just don't know why they didn't have that in them Uh, in game one Agreed. in the third period. Agreed. Um, Daniel H. here saying, who put the caffeine in the bio-seal in Avs room after the first last night? <laughs> what, what happened there to come out for the Avs after the first period? I watched the last 10 minutes of the second and the third period in this game. And from what I watched, that they were just buzzing throughout the rest of that yeah. game. Um, what happened? Was this more of a Kraken issue, in your opinion? Was this actually the Avs turning it on and finally waking up in this series? What happened in that game last night? I don't think the Avs looked like necessarily bad, though, um, in game no. one, right? Like, I thought they, they had, like, they had a lot of chances. They played a generally a pretty good game. Um, Grubauer just, you know, made the saves he needed to, and there were some bad defensive plays and for Colorado like even like the start of last night's game like Devin Taze was just an awful pinch on the first goal that cost them and yeah um, they looked a lot better in the second and third for sure like they just came out flying um I mean that's tough for teams like the Kraken where I saw it with the, they remind me so much of the Habs like the Habs from like 2012 to like 2017 kind of where like they had good deep teams um and you know they had good team speed and like you're you know, your expected goal share is always very high. Your underlying metrics are always very good, but you just lack those elite scores. And like, it's so hard to compete with the top teams, like time in, you know, time in, time out when you just don't have that reliable goal scoring. So like, yeah, they're playing like they're playing well, but then eventually you can have like a good first period like they had last night. And then, you know, it's just hard to keep that up when eventually you just, you can't rely on those goals. You're going to have good stretches of play that, don't really translate to anything and like that's kind of just a killer for a team so it's hard to sustain that um i don't know if we're gonna you know see enough scoring for them in this series but like they've shown that they can definitely compete i just don't know that uh i don't know that they're going to uh be able to find like consistent enough scoring to actually win this series and pull off the upset yeah yeah that one was interesting because watching that first game between in between those two teams it was like you said like colorado played well they just kind of weren't having it convert for them and then you have it all of a sudden start clicking last night you're gonna see a little bit of a different look uh connor hartle saying over six oh, <laughs> over six deserve better in that game <laughs> yeah i have over 36 and a half goals in the series and uh ask. 
I really, uh, I was really rooting for an empty netter. <laughs> I was like, just give me one more. Like everyone counts at this point. But hey, we got a one-one series at least. Like I think that this can go. I think this can go seven. I mean, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I think that you know, like Seattle's got the depth. Like they, they are able to win some of those matchups down the lineup because of the fact that they have so much depth, and the Abs don't necessarily have that right now. Yeah, and it's not necessarily like they're getting much of that back throughout yeah. the remainder of the playoffs like it's not like you're sitting there with landis gog in the rafters flash the bat signal and he's going to be coming in for game yeah. three like he's out and yeah. he ain't coming back uh it's <laughs> hot just throw that out there the devils deserve better brackets <laughs> they didn't <laughs> sorry todd Poor i'm todd. sorry um the future is bright in new jersey though <laughs> Yes, the future's better. Well, I said to him in the group last night, I said, at least you guys can say you're learning lessons and it like actually is fair. You're allowed to say that. Like if I have to hear that it from anyone in Toronto at, at at any point in the playoffs here, like head through the wall, you guys aren't seeing me again. You well, Keith Keith with the we had we got a lot of respect in the handshake line last year. You know, this year they can be like, Hey, we got a lot of respect in the in the pre series predictions. Everyone thought we were gonna win. Like <laughs> Yeah, well they were favored last year too, I thought too. It was a short favorite, but Yeah. Okay, and final game from last night. I don't know if you have any thoughts. Personally, I, I don't really, uh, but Winnipeg Vegas, five two win for the Ve- uh, Golden Knights last night. What went on there? Vegas looked so slow in the first game and they looked so slow early on. And then they just, it's like they flipped a switch. Like I can't explain it. I I can't explain it. They just completely flipped uh, like stone, maybe like stone needed to shake the rust off early and like slowly get his legs back. And then he did um, that second Winnipeg electric. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He looked electric. He like, he, he looked like a completely different player. It was kind of similar to, it had to be a shaking the rust off situation. It was like I said that about yeah. Barzal. Barzal looked like in game one a guy who hadn't played in, in a long time. And that was the case, right? Game yeah. two, he's you know, as the game went on, he started to look <laughs> a lot better. Um <laughs> yeah, that's essentially like Hellebuck played well early on too, but uh just Vegas flipped the switch and they were great, and that's a little bit concerning if uh if you're if you're a Jets fan. Yeah, they just all of a sudden was like, oh, wow, these guys have life. They have energy. They can actually skate fast. And, yeah, they looked yeah, so talk slow about, like, before that. <laughs> yeah, I was watching this game, and it was like these guys were in quicksand. Like yeah. the entire Vegas team. And this, so you say, like, okay, Mark Stone, maybe he needed it. Yeah, maybe he did. But what the hell was the excuse for the rest of the team? Because mm-hmm. it was every guy in that first game just looked out of it, looked slow. And then last night, all of a sudden – started slow started slow i had that one on after and then it was like mark stone all of a sudden started to pick it up and kind of drag guys into the fight and it was like everyone else just elevated and the play picked up throughout the rest of the team and all of a sudden vegas looked like they just had crazy jump in their legs it was it was yeah i don't know that was kind of where that was my takeaway from that game yeah um brayden mcnab on that second goal oh my god that was so bad that was i don't know if you saw it um just got blown by in the neutral zone and then like tried to pivot fell. Um, it was like, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty brutal. And then I think it was Shay Theodore's D partner who like played the then two on one, just brutally he thought he had like support from the forward uh, from the center and he didn't. And he just left the guy, left the guy wide open in front of the net. Awful. It was awful. But I thought that that was like going to be a backbreaking goal. Cause that tied the game after Vegas had just taken the lead. 
So like credit oh. to them for responding the way they did yeah. in that third period. Yeah, I, I know what goal you're talking about now. Um, yeah, I was trying to remember because the order of the goals. Um, all right, let's get to tonight's games. Give break these down. Previews, predictions. We'll run through tomorrow's games as well. Uh, best bets if we have any in any of these games. So let's start here with the Islanders hurricanes game islanders obviously down to nothing but as i say it's not a series until somebody loses at home so now going back to the island carolina up to nothing in this one winning each game two one four three couple one goal games there look at this the islanders now favored at home minus 112 do they deserve to be favored at home in this situation after what we've seen out of these two teams through the first two games yeah is that so that's 112 is what we're looking at right now is that like widely yes. available 112, 115, 115, I guess, is widely available. Yeah, we can lock in 115. We can lock in 112. That's fine. Um, okay. I'd, I'd go to, like, 120. Um, I thought the Isles responded excellently in game two. Like, <laughs> I mean, they couldn't really get the offense going in the game one. Um, and Barzal looked a lot better, like I said, after shaking the rust off. They got the top lines going. You know, 66% uh, expected goal share at 5-on-5. Five five. They were just – they were the better team. It was kind of a snake-bitten result. Like that, you see the Aho, the now not like the Isles Aho, yes. the yes. own goal. I mean, geez. And then you got lots it out of the air. <laughs> yeah. And like just tough bounce for Sorokin, obviously. Then you have a goal that goes in off Sorokin's head. You have the miss high stick call before the overtime winner. Um, power plays were six nothing for Carolina. Like everything broke right for the Canes and they still barely won that game. So, like, honestly, I'd be a little concerned if I were a Canes fan. Kind of like what I've seen still from the Islanders in the series. Like everything I liked about mm -hmm. them going in. I still like about them right now, even though they're down to nothing. I think that this could easily be a very different series. Um, both games at home, I like them to win. And then, you know, I, I don't, I don't even mind like a, there's like, you can get like plus 580 uh, on the aisles to win the series still. Um, you can get plus 260 for plus one and a half. You can get plus 110 for plus two and a half games. I think you win plus two and a half pretty quickly. Like, I don't know. I think those are all good bets. Just depends on your sort of risk tolerance, but um yeah, I think the Isles take uh, take both at home, and I mean, it wouldn't even stun me if they won four straight at this point. Like, not as like disrespect to the Canes. The Canes are still a very good team, but like, look, these have yeah. all been coin flip games, and you've got Sorokin and coin flip games. Things have just kind of bounced against them. They can just easily start bouncing their way, and this could be over, and the Isles can you know win this pretty quickly. So, I also would like like seeing Isles Rangers in the second round would be just incredible. I don't know if like people would survive, but uh, I would absolutely love that. I would love that too. That would be pretty electric, but <laughs> sorry, Todd. I'm not saying that because I want the Devils to lose. It's just that that would be electric. And Todd did jump in here at the beginning and say we're all Oilers and Islanders tonight. Uh, a few comments in the chat that were pretty funny, so we'll bring these up here. Uh, Todd says, is it a series if you lose both at home? I think it is. <laughs> I think it might be actually leaning towards back to no. Uh, but saying, are you a New York Islander? So money on the Islanders. You see here, Rusty Bill, our guy Russ from yesterday's show, Thursday's show. We all could have had a better number of so money and moved the market yesterday, shake my head. Yeah. Um, and then just to address this, Drew here saying, not sure if any MLB discussed, but just coming home, uh, Drew, all these MLB questions you can ask on the call to the pen show that'll be coming up at 12 AM or 12 PM, 
12 p.m. today on the uh, Call to the Pen YouTube channel with John Legaza from The Athletic. He can answer all the questions that you have in terms of the MLB, in terms of road home. So make sure to go check that show out uh, for any MLB questions, bets, previews, insights that you may have. We appreciate you hanging out here for the NHL stuff, but if you're looking for MLB, make sure to head on over there for at uh, at uh, 12 to uh, get all that kind of insights. But yeah, so we'll lock in the minus 115 just to remind people. Line shopping, like we just did here to find the widely available minus 115s, as you are seeing minus 120s, 124, 125s hanging around out there. The easiest way to improve as a sports better is by using multiple sports books and always getting the best odds. You recommend using an odds comparison tool like Betstamp to do so. Betstamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures and player props save time and money by checking bet stamp before you bet download the app today ios android as well as on the web and if you are looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account please check out the offers available at betstamp.app slash edgework or hit the link in the description if you sign up through this link it does help support the show so please help support the show and no worries drew we're gonna just head on over to the mob show after that's the best place to get it all right, next game here on the schedule for tonight, Boston, Florida. Now, game one, we heard that uh, boss, uh, the Boston players were dealing with some kind of illness. Florida actually looked pretty good to me. I thought they came out with some jump. They came out with some fire, ready to go. A little bit maybe pissed off that they were as uh, big of underdogs as they were considered to be by media and the markets. Boston gets the win in that game, and then you see them come out in game two, and right away, Florida kind of says, all right, like right, we're here to play, winning game two, 6-3 to three in Boston there. One thing that is always going to be funny is Boston fans' reactions to things. They're very similar to, I guess, in Leafland, where it could be overreactions both ways, but uh, Boston fans not happy about that loss. Now you see Florida here, plus 137 at home, Right, is this a little bit disrespectful for, for Florida to be a, a dog at home here tonight after what we've seen out of them and the fact that they actually showed up and played pretty well through the first two games? Now, plus 137. Well, like, what's going on there? Is this accurate? Why is this price the way that it is? Plus 137. And I don't think we're going to see Patrice Bergeron tonight, which is like you yeah. start to wonder what's going on here because after missing game one, you're like, okay, well, he's battling the flu bug. All right, fair. Then they come out and say it's an injury before game two, and he's not quite ready yet. Like, he's not quite ready. He made it seem like, okay, he's, like, almost there. We don't want to risk it. We're up one nothing. Like, we're in a comfortable spot. And now, like Jim Montgomery is saying yesterday, that, like, he hasn't talked to the medical and athletic trainers, which is, to me, always bullshit because the communication that's going on, he's, he's getting updates consistently, in my opinion. Um, but he said he hadn't talked to the medical staff about – where Bergeron's at as far as coming with them on the trip. Like now you're talking about, he might not even travel for game three and four. So I don't know. We got to wait for an update there, but like, did you see a little video bit of him skating? Um, no, I did not. Okay. So I did, he was on the ice all alone and he was laboring a bit. Like he, he was, did hey? not look very good. Yeah. And it was released to the last night, like late last night, the video came out of it. So that was the first indication to me that something was going on. A little bit more than they were kind of even letting on from that for even even to that point yeah. where it was like okay interesting and then mike bromberg saying he didn't travel with them yesterday yeah so i mean it doesn't sound like bergeron's gonna play my lean would be florida here i'm not gonna bet that though uh 
just don't quite like where it's at. Um, yeah. I'm going to go back to the well on the under though. Uh, I think we can still get, yeah, we can still get a minus 115 on under six and a half, which is what I played last game. Obviously that was a loser last game, but like didn't think it deserved to be a loser. Uh, the Bruins still didn't generate a ton offensively. Uh, the Panthers really outperformed their metrics. You know, I think Olmark, we can expect a little bit better from him. Like things just sort of went off the rails in game two. It was one nothing like midway through the game. And then all of a sudden, you know, it ends what six, six, three, I think it was, um, you know, you got a shorty, you have a power play goal, you have an empty net goal. And like, just the offense that was generated was not reflective of what the final score was. So I think we're still getting a, a good price on this under, which closed, you know, a lot better than um, minus one fifteen under six and a half last game. And, you know, now we're back to this price again, even though it was bet down. I think that we'll see the Bruins play a more structured, defensive, sound game in Florida on the road here. Like, this is a big one, this game three. Uh, I think that'll be, you know, reflective in how they kind of approach this. So, yeah, I think six and a half is just too many. Um, I like another tight, low-scoring game. Yeah, I I would agree. And Daniel is saying, like, unders even more as series go on deeper into them. I was kind of curious your thoughts on that take is just like as things because even you mentioned like okay go play a tighter defensive game just as some some of these series go on is that something you've ever seen uh, trend wise is that something maybe more of just like a feel where you see things tighten up and scores drop down H- have you noticed that at all i think it's more of a feel thing and i think it's still like in terms of like just you're not blindly betting unders as series go on everything is obviously price dependent right and like also team yeah. dependent some teams don't want to get into these like tight defensive, you know, games. Like, I mean, the Bruins, it, it suits them to, to not get into track meets, but like some teams are like, you know what, like if we want to win a game, let's turn this into a track meet and we have a better chance of winning this game. If so. So yeah. I think it's all, you know, still like team and price dependent for sure. Um, Todd also saying there may be something to it as there's a direct correlation between penalties reduced later in the series than earlier on yeah that is that is something where they've we talked about games one through four you see traditionally it mm-hmm. is significantly higher penalties called than it is five through seven but um all right moving on next game here i have a feeling i i know which side you're going to be at least rooting for in this one yeah dallas, rooting Minnesota. for it for sure <laughs> da- uh, series now tied one one dallas wins the last game seven to three over the Minnesota Wilds, beyond mind-boggling goalie decision, I get that you're going to sit there and say, well, he played double OT if you're the Dean Evison, but I can't make any sense of it. Like, wh- how how do you decide to go to Flurry in that situation when the guy sets franchise record for saves in a playoff game and basically saves you from what we saw through the first two first period and a half of overtime where Dallas was just all over the Minnesota Wild, and then the Wild find a way to win, and a lot of that has to do with the way Gustafson had played in net. You go with Flurry in the second game, guy lets up a seven spot, comes out and says he was garbage after, but now Dallas going on the road to Minnesota, minus 107. We're seeing a legit coin flip here in the pricing of this game. Are you getting behind the Dallas Stars? Are you a Dallas hockey star tonight, Moretto, <laughs> as Todd says? I uh, I am in the, in spirit. I'm not actually betting the stars tonight. Uh, at least not right now. We'll see what happens later on in the day. There's, there's just too much uncertainty to bet into right now. Like, is Erickson Eck going to play? Um, is Hartman going to be back? I would expect Hartman to be back. I think it was a situation kind of like Tampa last night. We're like, hey, we guaranteed our split. That's yeah. why. And you talked about. That's why I think that's why Hartman sat. So you talked about Gustafson um, not starting game two. Like it. it yeah puzzling decision for sure but like 
again, it's a long series. This guy just played five periods where like for the last three, he was just getting absolutely bombarded. Um, you know, he's not used to a heavy workload. Like this is a guy who played only 39 games during the regular season. Like we talked about that, how they flip-flop so much between him and Flurry. You're going to, he's going to play basically two games in one night and then, you know, come back and play two nights later. And then you're going to play two nights later and then you're going to play two nights later, like over and over again. I think that you saw a chance to give him rest and they took it. You know, I think that kind of makes sense. Like I don't hate the decision. Um, Flurry looked bad on a couple of the goals, but he also was kind of hung out to dry in a few of the goals too. So like, it's not all on him. Um, maybe it's a different game with Gustafson and net. I'm not so sure the stars kind of dominated that. Like the stars started the series really bad. The first two game, the first two periods of game one, I was like, Oh my, like what, what have I done? Um, and they've really turned it around since then. Like, you know, third period, first overtime, second overtime, first two periods of game two, like they were just dominant in all those periods. Uh, 65% expected goal share at five on five. So it wasn't just the power play, even though the power play has been lights out too. So everything I've seen still makes me confident in the stars. Like I think their team speed is a bit much for the wild and their depth can create a lot of mismatches down the lineup. Um, but no Pavelski, he didn't travel. Erickson Eck, is he going to be back tonight? I think there's probably a greater than 50% chance he's back tonight. We'll see Gustafson in net. Hartman's probably going to play. We don't know about any of this yet. So it's still, there's just too much to buy into um, too much uncertainty to buy into right now. So I'm just, I'm not, I have nothing on it right now, but uh, hopefully um, we get some good injury news for the stars and then, you know, we can get on them. Although I'm already like neck deep in, uh, in Dallas right now. So let's just hope <laughs> for the best. <laughs> yeah well we are seeing here minus 107 minus 104 both those prices available on pinnacle currently um so waiting on news in this one injury news in there to make a decision on what side to jump on i think i would probably end up on dallas there as well otherwise stay off i think that would be how i would go about it but the other thing uh, is erickson act like if he comes back and he's like not a hundred percent he's gonna be the guy they turn to obviously to match up with hints because hints is just Hints has wrecked them so far. Like his speed, everything has just been the wild haven't been able to contain it. So Erickson X is going to be the guy that they're going to match up with him. If he's not at 100% and he's like labored a little bit, I mean, how are you going to keep up with Hints? It's not, then it's not going to be that effective. So I think they're really going to wait before like they actually deploy him. They want to make sure he's definitely ready. So maybe that lends to like him not playing tonight. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And Connor in the chat saying if, if Mark Andre Fleury's in that Dallas first period, a look with him lacking some confidence after the game to start. Um, I'm just going to like, I'm going to give the, uh, the Alex guarantee here and say Marc-Andre Fleury will not be in net tonight. <laughs> there is a, there. I would be stunned. I would be stunned if he was in net tonight. I just, there's no way there's absolutely no way. Yeah. That's what I was just trying to, uh, I was trying to see there and then uh, it looks like it, it's, it says Gustafson, but then it's just not confirmed. Yeah. I couldn't imagine him going back no. in. The only I reason he didn't play game two was they, they gave him some rest. Again, like we talked about it, they just gave him some rest after that big game one. Like they're 100% going back to him. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree with that. I would uh, probably okay. play it too. <laughs> Last game for tonight. I mean, look, this is the series that is going to have many people on the Edgework show sweating for a little while uh, based on what we've seen through the first little bit. LA Kings, Edmonton Oilers, you see it. The Kings win for the first game four to three. The Oilers come back, win the second game four to three. 
looking at it here tonight, you go to LA. LA is priced as the underdog tonight, plus 135. Uh, again, yet another home team priced as an underdog. Is this expected to, for you? Is, does this price make sense in this series here tonight in this game three situation? Kings plus 135? No, not for me. I um, I'm going to wait. I, I like you can you can lock it in on the Kings. I like the Kings tonight. Um, maybe so money should tune out for a little bit. <laughs> uh, no, I like the Kings tonight. I still like the Oilers for the series, but I do like the Kings at home tonight. Um, I, I, I personally I haven't bet it yet. I want to wait to see if I can get a bit of a better price. If the Oilers take some money, if I see the line starting to go the other way, then um, then I'll get on the Kings quickly. But. Uh, <laughs> I think home ice is huge here. I think that um, being able to control the matchups, get to know out there against McDavid, um, you know, if the Kopitar line can get their matchup. And I just, I think this is a little bit too disrespectful. Like this is still a very good Kings team, a very, yeah. you know, tough Kings team to play against. They have, you know, the, they have the scoring like they haven't necessarily had in years past. They are a very structured team. Um, they have the goaltending, like, I can't, I can't get behind this price. I just can't do it. I think this is just way too disrespectful for the Kings. I'm, I'm maybe I'm getting greedy, trying to like look for a little bit better, seeing if more Oilers money comes in, and maybe it won't. Um, and the price will go a bit, go away a bit. But like, I'll, I'd bet this at plus one thirty two. Like, I just, I like the Kings here. Like, I just, I can't, I can't get behind the Oilers being minus one fifty in LA in Game Three. Just not for me. Yeah, it just feels long, and it's not to say the Oilers can't like aren't going to win this game or maybe aren't the better team, but it's just like after what we saw in the first two games as well, it feels like LA is very much in this series. Like yeah. this isn't what. Look, I mean, we came into this one saying a lot of people saying Edmonton going to win, Edmonton go to the Cup Finals, and I think that that's a fair prediction, but. <laughs> so money, you know what else is huge? My love for our Oilers, <laughs> uh, but. Like, you and I had talked about it ahead of the series in that last year the Kings gave LA a tough series, and or the Kings gave the Oilers a tough series, and LA was up 3-2. to two. The Oilers win the final two games of that series, going to seven, and then ultimately winning and moving on. Well, yeah, the Oilers got better, but so did the Kings. Like, the Kings didn't stay stagnant, and... They also didn't get worse. Like, this team got better. They got a better goaltending situation. They feels like they added more depth. They added a few guys at the deadline. Like, they just got became a better team. They also added experience to the young guys that they had last year. So, they got better. And now looking at it, going back 1-1 to be plus 135, it just feels long. But Yeah, and they I can also, that. with these matchups, they can, like, they have a pretty deep defensive core, and they can yeah. now use that to shelter Dursey a little bit more, who looked, God, he just looked so bit. bad in game yeah. in game two. And he's a solid player. Like, I just – I couldn't believe that. So, I think they can shelter him a little bit more, get Doughty out there for the matchups they want him in for, um, you know, get the Gavrikov pairing, some better matchups too. So, yeah, I just – being able to to dictate who plays against who here and when you have so many, like, players capable of matching up um, well and, you know, slowing down these Oilers guys, I think that uh, – did I adjust for the mojo? <laughs> I didn't adjust for the mojo. That's true. I didn't adjust for the mojo. Um, so, you know, maybe I'd need plus 140 or better to take the Kings now. Just doing the quick mental math. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I think that this is a good spot for them. I think this is – and, you know, getting this price, I think they uh, they win this game more often than the price suggests. 
which is basically what it comes down to. And Fiala, I don't know if Fiala is going to play uh, in this series. I definitely don't expect him to play tonight based on everything that's been going on. Um, Fiala is like a, I hate saying this because like obviously Fiala matters and he's a very gifted offensive player and he's had an incredible season, but that guy has been like a net negative for his teams in the playoffs in his career. He has like actively hurt his team with his like irresponsible defensive hockey and not being able to, to produce offense like he has in the regular season. He's just, he's just not been a playoff player, so to speak. Um, Obviously it would be nice to have him back, but yeah, I'm not like, I'm not like scared off by the Kings uh, in this series or in this game because Fiala is not playing basically. All right. Um, I also see here, by the way, for anybody else watching, uh, Todd saying Adrian Kempe over three and a half shots. That is our our edge work prop guy, as well as Russ, who's getting in the mix now. I sent a screenshot to <laughs> to Russ and so money last night. Russ had the over on Kyle Connor shots, and he was like five over the total in the second period. <laughs> so uh, that was a good day for that one yesterday. But a uh, few things here. Um, in terms of Mike Bromberg asking, should I watch my Twitter feed for best bets for for Saturday for tomorrow? Yes, uh, continue to watch your Twitter feed. Obviously, we're gonna quickly run through some of these games, and we'll have a better two right now too. Okay, yeah, so we'll have a better two now. But uh, in terms of just looking ahead for the group sending bets in, yeah, you can keep an eye out for that on the Edgework Twitter feed. We'll likely have some more stuff tomorrow morning come out. So let's go to tomorrow. We wrapped up here today. Looking at tomorrow, we already got lines out here, Moretto. Starting with Vegas, Winnipeg, 4 p.m. Interesting start time for that Western game, but Vegas, Winnipeg, 4 p.m. We're seeing a legit coin flip here in this one again. Minus 102, minus 104 if you shop around and get best prices available. What are your early thoughts on this game for uh, for tomorrow afternoon? Uh, I am a, uh, I am a jet here. I am a jet. I like the jets. Um, yeah. Give me minus minus one ten, which is like widely available. We can do that. Or yeah. I mean, Hey, I don't hate if you're going to give me minus one or two. Um, but, uh, I like the jets. I think that they've still shown that they have the ability to be very competitive in this series. And they've still shown an ability to completely shut down Vegas, um, for long stretches, obviously like the desperation kind of kicked in, in, you know, in game two and, and Vegas was able to turn that around a um, couple, you know, a couple huge shifts where they just sort of ran the jets out of the building there. But ultimately that doesn't change the handicap of this, this series as a whole. You're not going to like, you know, completely throw everything out the window because of a good period and a half. Um, I still like the jets here. I think at home, you know, the whiteout uh, also the whiteout outside, apparently they got like 10 centimeters of snow yesterday or something like that. Yeah. So. I was watching the <laughs> stream of the video or the game last night. And at the end, they like back to Winnipeg where it's snowing. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm like, Oh man, imagine living there. That's too bad. Uh, <laughs> actually one of my good friends lives in Winnipeg. Um, I make fun of him all the time for that. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Um, so yeah, I like the Jets tomorrow night. I like the Jets. That's a uh, huge goaltending edge, obviously, too. Um, you know, Brassois back in his old stomping grounds where he was never a starting goalie. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Laurent Brassois. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, last year when we had, um, who, was the go- who was the goalie in that last year for Colorado? He's still there with them right now. Frank Oh, Pavel Frankus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just love those names. Uh, okay, yeah. so we locked that in. 
minus 102 in the Winnipeg Vegas game. Toronto on the road, game three. I know you're going to have a heart attack when you see this pop up on the screen. I know the price. I know the price. (laughs) I'm seeing a plus 100 on Tampa as it stands right now. Obviously, that's uh, not like the most widely available, but you're seeing numbers right in and around there. Minus 103, minus 105. Is this mostly just because of uh, the Hedman, uh, Chernak news, uh, Asimov still being out? Maybe we're going to see a bang up Geno after the fact. Sorelli banged up here as well. Is this overreaction to game two? Like, what's going on leading to this price? And do you personally have a bet in this game? I do not have, I I don't see how you could make a bet uh, into this game right now with all the injury uncertainty. So I definitely don't have a bet in this game as of this point. Like, I I think that you'll see at least one of Hedman and Cernak. I would lean to say maybe both just based on the comments and trying to read between the lines. It sounds like neither that, like I think the Chernak situation was look, let's get bunting a nice suspension and you know, Hey, this guy's hurt. This guy, like, I think that that plays into it a little bit. And then Hedman based on Cooper's comments, it sounded like he was okay. Um, and it was more of a, like, he wasn't too concerned, whatever. Again, Cooper's like the king of gamesmanship. So you really yeah, don't know exactly what is going on there. So it's just not something you want to bet into. Sorelli, I'm sure, is fine. There wasn't really much talk about that. So I don't think there's actually any yeah. anything there. But he was pretty banged up after that uh, accidental collision with Matthews. Um, Essamont, he's not going to move the line. But is he going to play? Is Jano hurt? I don't know. We'll see. So, yeah, I think that if all those guys are in, if you see Hedman, Chernak, Sorelli, like you'll see the line move significantly towards the Lightning. Obviously, I think that goes without saying. Um but, you know, without those guys, I think that, you know, we're going to see, like, the Leafs close probably, like, minus 125-ish. And uh, do I agree with that? Not necessarily. Is it enough for me to be on Tampa with those guys out? Probably not. Um, I mean, definitely not. But if we see, you know, Hedman, Chernak in and you can get, like, a minus 115-ish on the Lightning, then that's something I'd be interested in. Right. Yeah, I'm interested to see injury news tomorrow as well. I feel like if anybody were to come back of those guys, it would be most likely Hedman, uh, first one to return of the group. Like We did see him play in the game the other day. We did see him on the ice yesterday. And I don't know if Cooper like panics a little bit and says somebody has to go. I think it would be him to get the first half to go out on the ice. But nonetheless, interesting. And yeah, Cooper doesn't really let anybody know what's going on with the way he handles the media. I, I think it's funny. I like it. <laughs> I, I don't really care. I see Leafs fans lose their minds over stuff. Like, why did he say this about our team? Like, shut up. Like, he doesn't care. He's mess. He's doing this to get that. Oh, Cooper's the like, best, man. Cooper's the yeah, best. I think it's funny. That's my coach. <laughs> <laughs> well said from Austin Matthews and Moretto. <laughs> i right. turn my camera off for the rest of the shows. <laughs> <laughs> Next game uh, for tomorrow here. Thoughts on this one? Todd saying, are you a devil? Devils plus 125. <laughs> in, oh, God. In, in New York here. Um, what What's going on? Do the Devils have a shot at bouncing back in this game? Have you seen enough to say the Devils are dead? Wave the white flag. Is this price within range to play? What, what, what are your thoughts on this game? I mean, if you're looking at the Rangers, minus 140 like before the series, just based on, you know, all the numbers and everything, like that would be insane. Um, yeah. But like, I think that, I think the Rangers win tomorrow. Um, not something I'm jumping on to bet right now, but like, 
again, it's hard to get there from like a numbers perspective. If you're trying to just get to like minus 140 for the Rangers, like that's pretty difficult to do. You have to like weigh very heavily these last two games um, as opposed to like a much larger sample size or the, all the, you know, full season numbers and whatnot. Um, you know, you're, you're going to have to really manipulate things to get to this price. But like just from a objectively speaking, I think that it's almost a little bit short. And I think that the Rangers are, uh, oh, no. I think <laughs> what's the, what's the issue now? <laughs> I, I feel bad. I don't know. I just, I feel bad. I, I don't, I'm not trying to shit on the devils. Like I think that the devils, the futures, I let the futures bright. If you're like a devils fan watching this Todd, Todd, you know, um, uh, the penguins are, you know, on the decline, the caps are on the decline. Um, the Rangers are not going to be able to bring back everyone they have right now. Uh, yeah. things are going to be, you know, they're going to run that division for a while. So, you know, that that's one way to look at it. And that's kind of nice. Um, but yeah, I think that this is just a, a defeated broken team going back to MSG now up to nothing. I think the Rangers just kind of end this pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, insight saying Blackwood time. Would you go to Mackenzie Blackwood here? If you're, I don't think it <laughs> or... matters. I don't think it's okay. been a goaltending issue. Um, yeah. Not the goaltending has been great, but like, I, that's not why they're losing these games. So yeah, I don't think it really matters. They could start me in net. Um, and uh, I don't think it's gonna, you know, hurt their chances any more than they will. I mean, it would, but you know what I'm saying? All right. Next game. Oh, she meet over Blackwood even. And there you go. Um, <laughs> if it's Blackwood, I'll be a Ranger. Todd says. <laughs> uh, okay. Next and final game for tomorrow night to take a look at Colorado going to Seattle. Seattle here plus 135 now as well. Um, and I, if you watch the series previews you talked about, I think it was both Matt and Alex B. Smith kind of saying like, hey, look for a price on Seattle in game three because that's the first game in Seattle, first playoff game in Seattle. Would you be kind of getting behind that narrative maybe a little bit and then seeing this number pop up plus 135, does that help? Does that add in? Like where, How does that kind of build into all of this in terms of the numbers and what we've seen through the first two games for you if you're looking to bet on this game tomorrow? Yeah, the, the first home game in Seattle is, um, you know, it's a very narrative-y sort of, way to handicap this game like i'm sure there's something to that it's probably going to be loud there uh i like the fact that though like just the fact that they're home in general not that they, yeah. you know it's their first home playoff game but the fact that they're home and again that really is like conducive to them leaning into that depth and getting the matchups they want and like sticking exactly who they would like to stick on that mckinnon line and being able to free up some of their you know scoring lines for uh for like they can they can get beignets everly and mccann out there for you know, easier matchups and like stick like Bjorkstrand and, you know, Gord um, and Tolvanen against, you know, maybe the McKinnon line and they can sort of free up their guys that they need. So, yeah, I just like the fact that they can control these matchups. And um, I think that I would love a little bit of a better price um, before I'm like going to just jump in here, but like, I don't know that we'll necessarily get it. So 135, I would bet right now, but I'm I'm personally gonna wait and see. But like, if you know, if we wanna tune into the Edgework Twitter account tomorrow to see if that ends up being a, uh, a best bet or not. Although the Jets will probably end up being my best bet. But like, <laughs> I think we'll have someone. I think we'll have someone on uh, on Seattle because yeah, I think that this is just a a decent spot to back them. I still like the Avs in the series. Um, I'm hoping that over five and a half, over six caches, just for the sake of my series bet. But uh, I don't love that honestly. Like might even lean under at six just because of the fact that 
Seattle will be able to to get the matchups they want and play that structured sort of defensive hockey and kind of keep Colorado at bay. Right. Um, also, just to that note, I just thought about this. For anyone watching right now who follows along on the Edgework Twitter account, I'm not going to double track the Jets. What we tracked here today is what the tweet or what the price will be. But tomorrow morning when it comes out, we will tweet a good two price and then just reference the fact that we did track this here today. So just a heads up on that one. I don't want people like being like, oh, what happened here? That's what we're going to do. And I'll make sure that that's clear in the tweet that goes out tomorrow. But yeah, we're not going to double track at a new number tomorrow morning. We tracked it here today, put out the number and say good to tomorrow. So I want to clarify that. But all right, there you go. That is our full preview recap. Everything of what we saw last night games tonight and leading into saturday as it is the last game of the week wanted to or last day of the week for games we wanted to make sure that we kind of got a little bit of lead in for people so that even tomorrow you can kind of watch our, some of our thoughts on what is going to happen with games tomorrow night so if you enjoyed the content here today please make sure to like and subscribe here to the edgework hq youtube channel let's just run through the picks here really quick Looking at the day that we had yesterday, we go 2-1, and one, so pretty good there. Vegas, or Winnipeg obviously loses on the plus 140 price, but we did have the uh, the over 6 in the Leafs game. And by the way, just pull that up, 14.3% COV uh, against Pinnacle based on the price track there yesterday. That one cashes, as well as the Kyle Connor over 2.5 shots on goal, finishes with 8 on the night, so... Big night from Kyle Connor to help us push over the line there and finish up 27% ROI. Looking at tonight's picks, let's start Carolina, New York Islanders. Islanders minus 115 there. Full unit on all of these, by the way. So Islanders minus 115 against the Hurricanes on the money line. Then we go to the Florida-Boston game. We're looking at the under 6.5 minus 115. So Boston-Florida, under 6.5 minus 115. Then we go LA, Edmonton. We're taking the Kings money line plus 135 tonight against the Oilers. That is one plus 135 against the Oilers on the money line. And finally, we got the Winnipeg Jets for tomorrow, minus 102 against the Vegas Golden Knights. That is Winnipeg money line minus 102 against the Vegas Golden Knights. And for those watching right now, watch listening to it back later in the day, watching it back later in the day, so money does say here. I doubt the Jets number will be available tomorrow. Winking face. Bet it now. Hint, hint. <laughs> Don't read the second part. Hint, hint. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, bet it now. So, yes, if you're listening, that number is even close to where it is right now. Bet it now will not be available tomorrow. Thank you to everyone who tuned in here today. Very much appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe here to the Edgework HQ YouTube channel as well as liking this stream. No reason to not like this stream as you go out. Full recap, picks for tonight, picks for tomorrow, previews for tomorrow. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Moretto, appreciate you taking the time fill in for Rob here. Lazy guy getting all this uh, sun and enjoying the weather out in Myrtle Beach, having beers and pork chops and playing mini putt. And what a life this guy lives. We couldn't let him destroy our Edgework ROI after he uh, <laughs> mentally collapsed yesterday. He's not in the he's not in the state to give out bets right now. No, no, he's not. After that all time crumble, this guy was like on Spieth at the Masters. Uh, <laughs> fall, fall apart. <laughs> but thanks to everyone who tuned in. Hopefully you enjoyed the show here. Also, today. we'll be doing a watch along on um, Monday night for the Leafs game. Yes, good point. Actually, yes. Hammer HQ YouTube channel. Watch along for the Leafs Lightning game. 
you want to see me in potential complete misery, that will be the place to see it. And uh, you want to see Moretto enjoying himself just laughing at me during it, that will be the place to go. Hammer HQ YouTube channel Monday night. So subscribe there as well because that'll be uh, where we will have that live watch along. But otherwise, Hammer or Edgework HQ Twitter uh, account tomorrow morning. We'll tweet out our best bets for tomorrow during the day. And then Monday, back here, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time for more picks and previews. We'll see you guys then. Enjoy your weekend. Good luck on your bets.